Hello everyone, welcome back. This week's episode we have Jordan and Jelly on. She is a Colorado native from Denver. She played soccer at Santa Clara University and then went on to play with the Boston Breakers, Washington Spirit, and New York Flash. She played with the national team and played in the U20 World Cup. During Jordan's career, she tore her ACL three separate times and she started something called the ACL Club. ACL Club is a place where she was able to share her story and provide a community and a platform for people who've suffered from ACL injuries to also share theirs. Jordan is a TV analyst for the Columbus Crew, which is an MLS team in Columbus, Ohio. Prior to that, she was working for the Rapids here in Colorado. I think this episode was the first time I've cried. Um, We cried, we laughed, everything in between. It was a really enjoyable and rewarding episode. Jordan's perspective is incredible and I think something that we can all learn from. I definitely took a lot of nuggets of knowledge from her and I'm really excited for other people to listen because what Jordan's been through is is tough and it'd be tough on a lot of people. It'd be tough on anyone really and I think the way she's dealt with it and the way that she has grown from it is inspiring and and I look forward for everyone who's listening to hear her. So, enjoy Jordan and Jelly. Okay, so we got Jordan here today with us. Quite a few people that I work with or that I have connections with sent her in to me. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to chat with her. Well, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me, Genevieve. It's cool just to see how small the soccer world is, especially in Denver. We all know somebody from something. And um, so I know, you know, a lot of people that I do too. So uh, it's nice to virtually meet. And I'm sure one day when I'm back home, we'll get to actually meet in real life. I wanted to start off talking about the ACL club and how you came about starting that and where it's at now and just community you've created. I started the ACL club because I just felt like there was a gap, a hole, you know, and sometimes when you're looking for a business idea, that's what you're trying to do is you're just trying to problem solve. I tore my ACL three times on my left knee and growing up and being an athlete for a long time, I always was told, and I always felt like I was very strong mentally that I could push through things that I knew what mental toughness was that I understand the mental side of anything. And man, tearing your ACL three times can wreck you mentally. Tearing it once can wreck you mentally. And I think no matter what you think mental toughness is, you really don't understand the whole scope of mindset and mentality and uh, what it means to have control over your brain and your thoughts until you go through something very challenging. And it allows you to understand that sometimes it's okay to not push through things, right? Because I think as athletes, we think, mental toughness is like pushing through and walking it off and, uh, you know, rubbing some dirt on it. Well, sometimes mental toughness is saying, I'm actually going to step away from a week of rehab and say, no, I'm not going to think about this. A week is not going to put me off course that much, but I need that for my mental. I can't go to PT this week because my brain wouldn't be able to handle it. 
that's, that's mental toughness. That's understanding the mental side of things and the emotional side. And so I really felt like it was challenging for me to go through ACL recovery. And if it was challenging for me and through that soccer community that I just mentioned, I would have a lot of coaches of players uh, who would reach out to me if they tore their ACL or they had someone who tore their ACL. And it was the same things. It was like, how do you get over being afraid that you're going to hurt yourself again? How do you not think that your body's broken? These things that were really not like physical things, because as athletes, physically, we could do PT and, you know, put a challenge in front of us. We're going to do it, but it was the mental side. And so I really felt like that needed to be tapped into. And so I started, gosh, almost nearly, it was right at the end of July. I think in a few days, six years ago is when I like officially got my certification for being a business in in Colorado and yeah, just have started small and tried to serve this community in any way I can, whether it is through conversations with people or it's through an Instagram page or whatever it may be. Uh, I really felt like people wanted to understand that other people going through this process could relate to them. And, and that's what we all want as humans. So that's kind of where it started and how it's gotten to in, in a, a short way to where it is today. <laughs> For you, what was the biggest difference between your first time tearing it, second time and third time? Mm -hmm. The first time I thought, I mean, I'm going to go past that initial shock phase because I think we all have that initial shock phase of totally. when anything devastating happens. Uh, the first time I was like, I can do this. People do this all the time in soccer. I had teammates that had done it. I can do this. The second time I was like, all right, I just did this. I know now I know, I know what I have to do. And again, I could do this. The third time broke me, broke me. I was on the national team. It was a world cup year. I was, you know, runner up for rookie of the year in the women's professional soccer league at the time. I just was flying and felt like my dream was right there, like in my grasp. And so it really broke me because I mean, not that 25 is old at all, but I was, it was a few weeks before my 25th birthday. And I remember sitting at lunch, coming back from lunch, really with one of my best friends. And she had a really steady job. She was getting married in four months. And I was lying on my parents' couch, unable to walk. And everything I had worked for was just out the window. I was broken. Like I, I think that stage, those, those next few months, I definitely teetered on depression, just like not understanding how I would get through that and, and be able to do something that I loved as much as I loved playing soccer. Oh, thank you for sharing that. When you go from doing something every day and doing something for your whole life. And then when you don't have that one outlet that you've been using, um, and mm -hmm. also to the fact that you knew exactly what was happening yeah. and exactly like the path you needed to take now to get back to where you want to be and also where you could be. That's a lot of, for anyone to deal with just one part of it. And you had like multiple layers. Yeah. And it was all, it was pretty quick. So I did my first one in 2007, retore my ACL less than a year later. So in 2008, and then I tore it for the third time in 2011, weirdly all within like a month, April, the beginning of April to the beginning of May. So there was always in this one period of time that's always weirded me out in some ways. Like why was it in that time? Like that it almost had this rhythm to it 
you know, and for a while it was hard for me to get through those stages when I was back playing, like, am I going to make it through this month? Like this month had a lot of pressure and weight on it, but it's nice now being so far removed from it. I don't, gosh, these have been these last couple of years. I think this was the first year I went past those dates and didn't even think like I told my ACL this day. I was just about to ask you that if anything, like now that you're not playing um, every day, well, not playing, especially like at yeah. that level, is there like anything now that's happened during that month, a career shift or like some different opportunity mm-hmm. that's like, oh, this happened at the same time, but now it's. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I'm sure. Yes. Right. Because I believe in God and that I have a path in my life and honestly, that these injuries led me to create the ACL club. Cause I did tear my ACL in three different ways. And if I didn't tear it in three different ways, I wouldn't be able to relate to other people. I had both an allograft and an autograft. So I can give advice as to what I felt like in those decisions, you know, of course, not telling people what to choose, but saying, this is my experience, take it for what it's worth. I feel like even watching the game allowed me to see it from a different perspective, which has really helped me out with my new career. So, uh, yeah, there, I'm sure I can look back and say, man, that month, it did bring me a lot of pain, but I think that I've also learned that there, you know, we can be in painful situations and there can be joy intermixed in that. Right. I really, gosh, I, I fell in love with the Lord more. I fell in love with my family even more, like just so thankful that even though this is my path that I had my fam, like I have the family I have, I'm just absolutely obsessed with them. I think they are the greatest humans ever. And they believed in me. And sometimes wanted me to keep playing when I didn't want me to keep playing and cried when I made the decision that I didn't want to play anymore. And it makes me emotional because they just, they really supported me through everything. And, um, you know, not, I think it also makes me sad because not everybody has that. And I just feel so lucky, really lucky. You got me like (laughs) crying. I'm a a crier, sorry. (laughs) I am too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think like having your people that you know you can cry to, smile with, have mm-hmm. seen you through your worst days, have seen yeah. you at your best days, like there's nothing that compares. And I I agree, like whether that's family or friends that become family or whatever, like you need your wolf pack and you need your mm-hmm. your people and how oh, it makes the world go around. It really does. It really does. So kind of shifting gears you work with the Columbus crew now and obviously still surrounded by soccer every day but at a different level what has that meant to you and how has that helped your transition and your day-to-day life it was I mean getting to where I am now from from all those injuries was a really interesting path because uh, I, I told you that third injury really broke me and I did feel so much like probably for a good year, I did not want anything to do with soccer. I was like, I don't want to watch it on TV. I don't want to be at a field. I don't want to know what my teammates are doing. Like I just felt so I wanted to distance myself because I felt, I honestly felt like it wronged me. Like, how could, how could I love you so much? And you, and this is what I get. And so after that year, um, one of the coaches actually that Peter knows, Eric Boucher, who coaches now for the Colorado Rapids, I'm not sure if you know him. He asked me, he was doing something he hadn't done in a really long time. He was going to coach a U11 girls team. And he was like, 
I mean, that guy just has me. He's like one of my, one of my favorites. It's like, would you, would you coach this team with me? Would you be my assistant coach? No pressure on you. You don't have to plan anything Just show up. And those girls allowed me to fall in love with the game again. And I was like, well, maybe I want to play again because of how much they loved the game and learning and like the joy that actually the game really is about is not what I was feeling as a pro. It was not what I was feeling with through all these injuries. So through that, I I got back into the game and was like, okay, I'll start broadcasting and I'll start doing something that can help me beyond, you know, because even if I do play again, even if I can make it back to playing again, it's not going to last forever. It's not going to be something I can do for a long time. Just knowing really what the the condition of my knee and in the longevity that that might or the time it might take off my career. So that that allowed me to love the game again, which was really nice. And from from that in that time I had off, gosh, I would just call like CU's head coach and DU's head coach, and I was like, "Do you guys have a webcast? Can I can I call the game on the webcast?" So I started doing that, working for the Rapids a little bit, trying to to be their sideline reporter, and that kind of gave me a taste. And then I feel like it was kind of, as I mentioned, just this perfect path for me because I had seen the game in so many different ways from being injured to coaching to um, with that joy of the kids to, gosh, when I was at Santa Clara watching the game from the sideline, my ability to communicate the game was going to be what I would tap into. So now after nine years, I think this is my ninth year doing it. I am finally at the place where I, gosh, I have the best job. I work for the Columbus crew and I I really do feel like every single step I took before to get here, even the steps that were difficult in my broadcasting career, where I knew that I could get the job and I wasn't considered or somebody got it ahead of me. I felt like they were really purposeful and they hurt at the time. But now I look back and like, gosh, I grew so much just from staying where I was for a little bit. So I can step into really my, my confidence and my ability here with the crew. It's been such a, such a nice place to be and um, not bad when the team's pretty good too. That's fair. It helps. <laughs> yeah, it really uh, does. What's the biggest difference that you felt from playing in college and then playing professionally? I felt like, and, and I don't know, you know, one of the reasons I know there's a big debate right now with now college athletes can get paid. And that's just really, really hard for me because there's something so special. I mean, you really do get paid. If you're a college athlete, you go play, like you get your school paid for typically not all of it. Like I didn't get a full ride. So I did pay for some, I know there's a lot of people that didn't get full rides or maybe their college played for, but when you don't involve money in things and it, you really are playing for, for something bigger than yourself and college is that right. You're playing for university. There's no incentives to score more goals instead of, you know, just being the best goal scorer on your team. It really is a special, I don't know. There's, there's something that is special about it. And so I felt like going from that into pros, not that there's not a sense of team, but it is different people you know, have written in their contracts that they get more money if they score a goal and they get more money if they are play 75% of the games. And those are circumstances that are really outside of your control. You know, at some point, maybe the coach makes a decision to not play those players who can help your team because they don't want to pay him the bonus. You know, there's just things that just make it a little bit less about the joy and 
what the game is supposed to be, which is fun and a team sport and everybody in it together. I think I was really lucky that a lot of the teams I played for really loved each other and, and did a lot for each other, but it just did feel a little bit different as a pro. So I would say to me, that's kind of the biggest thing that I noticed. When you left college, was there anything that you're like, dang, I wish that um, I would have known this, or I wish that someone would have told me this? Just in general about whatever. Just about life, yeah. That you just figure it out. You don't really know anything when you leave college. Even when you get a job a lot of the times, it's not like your skills. I mean, I'm sure some jobs are like an accountant, right? They probably learn all the things they need to learn in school. Barely made it through that. Yeah. But, but I think, I feel like a lot of jobs, you get a job that maybe on paper you're not qualified for, but they end up liking you and you figure out how to do the job the best that you can. So I would, I would just say, I just feel like you figure it out. And, and just because after you graduate college does not mean that you have it all figured out, man. I used to think about like 30 year olds. They just, they got it all together. They know what's up. They figured it all out. And now I'm like, wait a second. No, we don't. We really don't know what's going on. I don't, I think that's kind of like the fun thing in life. You don't really ever know what's going to happen next, or you just kind of roll with the punches and figure it out as you go along. Even the process of transitioning from being a professional soccer player into what's next. I think one of the hard things as an athlete, especially is you're very in control of so many things. Like I could go out right now to a soccer field, work on my fitness, work on my touch on the ball and know that I got better today and it had nothing to do with anybody else. And I, I felt like I I still feel this way. Sometimes you're trying to do something in your job and you're like, I want to do this. I want to finish this, but Joe over here won't email me back. And I need to hear back from Joe. And it just feels like, you know, it's, it is such a big team game that sometimes it's really hard when you are such a intrinsically motivated person and you want to just get things done. And it teaches you patience and how to work with other people. And again, maybe even figure it out. And sometimes uh, apologizing after the fact, because uh, sometimes you just got to get things done. So yeah, I, I just feel like life is, life is fun and it also is hard at times and you just figure it out as you go. So I think that's one of the things you leave college and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be on my own and it's going to be so fun. And it is, but it's also really hard to be a grown up. Yes. I had that conversation with someone. We were talking about how in sports, we're so fortunate that we have so many tools and outlets and people that if you need help you have a hurt ankle or you need to like go to the doctor you need your sick you need help with school whatever there's people that can connect you but in life it's not really that yeah um and so figuring out when you're done you're like holy shit I have to do all this by myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's kind of a kick in the butt it is Um, what did you do that helped your transition whether that was college pro during Mm -hmm. your recovery or just after playing pro I feel like what helped me when I retired from playing professionally, it was 2015. I had gotten waived from my team in Western New York the day after the world cup final. So I'll never remember. I'll never forget that. And I went in 
on trial in Portland, but my knee couldn't, um, my knee couldn't handle the turf in Portland. It's really, it moves so much under your feet. And my knee was like, it just got so swollen. So I was like, all right, well, I can't do that. Um, I need to just go home and take a breather. Cause it was the middle of the season at that point, Seattle coach, Seattle's coach was like, oh, I would love to have you. Like you can come and train the rest of the year, but we couldn't give you a contract until next year. And I'm like, no, like, you know how many knee injuries I've had? I'm, I'm not going anywhere without health insurance. And so I went back. Yeah. I went back home and I went on a hike in evergreen and I'm on this hike by myself. And I just felt like it's time. It's time to be done. And the next morning I woke up and I can't tell you how free I felt. My brain wasn't thinking, what am I going to eat today? How does my body feel? Am I able to run? Am I able to, do I need to eat before I go to training? When's training? Do I have to train twice? How am I going to get there? What time do I leave? Like all these things that your brain, like I didn't even realize my brain was doing like that anxiety that I think just became such normal fight or flight. My body was constantly in fight or flight. I woke up and I was like, Whoa, is this, this is cool. Like, I'm not even thinking about anything. I could do whatever I want. And so that being the point is I could do whatever I wanted. And I was like, what do I like? What are the things that are interesting to me? Like, I was like, maybe I'll go get some books on interior design. Like, I love that. Maybe I'll see if I can dip into that and really pivot. And that can be my job. I honestly thought about, should I just pivot sports and be a golfer? I'm like, I could just dedicate everything to golf. I, I think that ha- letting your brain a little bit go wild and think about all the things that you really like to do was helpful for me. And I think helpful for the creative part of us as athletes and people that participate in sports that, you know, I think there is a creative aspect of sport and being so zoned into a, a skill set that you want to find that in whatever else you're doing. So, I mean, I had been doing broadcasting for a few years but even just letting my, my brain think about all these different things that I wanted to do, help me realize that I can love those things. And those things could be something that I, I had the best time decorating my apartment and, you know, doing that. And I golf still, but I don't have to be the best, you know, I don't have to be the person at it. I was like, all right, well, you did work all this. You have all this built up knowledge of soccer. So I think it kept me on the path that I was already on, but even opening up my brain and letting it have the ideas float through it and acknowledging them. I think that's really important when you're trying to figure out what that transition looks like. Cause it can be really difficult. You're, you're so honed in on something for so long. And like I said before, I did feel when I went through that last injury, which I think injuries have a lot of similarities to this feeling of transition, right? Because you lose something like who I was before my injury is different than who I was after or who I am after. And that's the same thing. When you're transitioning from school to work, you just won't be that person anymore, which is fine. And you can acknowledge that and you can, you know, that person pops up every now and then, but there's so, so much growth in just saying, wow, that was a really good part of my life. And I am going to say, thank you for that. And now I'm going to look forward to what I can do moving forward. And, and not that every day is easy to, to navigate that because I find it really challenging, but giving yourself some grace, I think is really important. Like I said, we don't have it figured out. I still don't, I I don't know if I ever will, but having that grace, you know, especially when you're a high performing athlete that really allows you to 
relax and let things maybe pop up that wouldn't have popped up before if you were so intense on like, I have to be successful right now. Like sometimes success doesn't come for a long time. You didn't become a good athlete or you didn't become a straight A student because you just got there. You worked hard at it for a long time. And that same thing can start over at whatever you do next. And so it's just having the humility to say, I'll start again. I'll start again, whatever it is. I'll start again. That's awesome. Did you have any hobbies that you had before soccer, during soccer, and then after? Did you start any new ones? I always, I I didn't really keep them a lot, like keep them going. But whenever I tore my ACL, I like always found something to do because I felt, gosh, I just need to do something. So I got a camera and like took some photos the first time. Like I was like, maybe I'll do some photography and try to figure this out. And just again, a creative outlet that allowed my brain to stop thinking about my injury for a little bit and to just be so honed in on that creative side. So I did that. I played the guitar. I painted one time and I'm, I mean, not good paintings at all, but it's therapeutic. Like all those things are creative things. And can help you in in a therapeutic way. So I would say those were kind of my hobbies. I wish the guitar stuck around. I still have it, but learning guitar is hard. I tried and I couldn't (laughs) get past the tuning it. Oh, Oh, I I got like a tuner on my phone. I couldn't get past F chord. I was like, how do I get my finger over there? I stuck to guitar hero. That was my guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you talk to your friends about how you were feeling? Yeah. And I think that's really important that you do have people that you can talk to about it. And it's not as if I was just talking to everybody about this, right? One of my friends, I would think I told the girl that I was talking about before my friend, Aubrey, who I grew up with, um, when I I came back from lunch with her and I'm crying because I'm sitting on my parents' couch and she's like successful, you know, in air quotes, because what is success anyways. But at that moment, I viewed her as very successful, when she's like, gosh, I would probably for her, she was like, I wish I would have been as brave as Jordan and pursued something and kept playing soccer. You know, success is just all in our, in our mind. Anyways, that's a tangent, but (laughs) she was someone that I could talk to that about and just be like, I'm sad that I don't have, not that I'm not happy for her, but I would be like, I'm sad that I don't have this. Like you have a husband and a baby and like, you're at this stage of your life. And I feel like I'm so far from that. And I want that. And even expressing that to her and and she like, we're so close that she would never think that like, I didn't love my life, but, or that I didn't want her to have success or have the life that she had, but just being able to say, you know, this is an uncomfortable season. And this is something that I do desire. And I do want, I think those people are really important. I talked to my family about that. My sister is gosh, my best friend and, you know, talk to her about those things all the time. It is important. And, and again, it doesn't have to be every single person you consider a friend, the honesty that you can have with people in whatever season you're in can really bring them closer in. And it's, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. It might not work out the way you would hoped it would have, you know, some relationships continue to flourish. Some don't, you know, I always think honesty and vulnerability win, right? You learn something about yourself. You learn something about your friendship that is very valuable. I didn't realize what I was feeling. I never had an injury that took me out of soccer for more than a few months. Mm -hmm. So for me, like I didn't know what I was feeling until I was done because I had never felt that before. So 
Oh yeah. I didn't say anything because I was like, oh, everyone else seems fine. Okay. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm fine. And then it wasn't until COVID when I was like, oh, I'm not starting my day on the field and I'm not playing. I'm not uh-huh. like touching a soccer ball, setting up cones. I'm not like freezing cold because it's two degrees and we're still practicing outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it made me realize, oh shit, I, I should probably say something to my friends because I realized I'm not, I'm not that I'm like, I'm not okay. And I'm, I'm like making it through life. I'm like kind of faking it. So I'm always curious as to how people go about sharing. I also think that if you don't give yourself enough time to actually be still and feel that, then you'll never understand that you need to address it. You talk about COVID, right? There's so many similarities with COVID and an injury or grief or whatever it may be, because you are without something, whether it's a person in your life that you unfortunately have lost. Uh, the thing in your life that you had before school, soccer, sports, or just having a life, you know, COVID (laughs) when you are without it, then you have all of this go, 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 go is fun at times, but also it is exhausting and it, it drains us and we are made to recharge as humans. And if we don't give ourselves time to actually sit and be like, how do I feel? not with music playing and the TV on and just like sitting and understanding, all right, I don't know if I, I'm into this decision that I feel like I have to make. Like, what do I feel about it? If you don't give yourself stillness to let those things pop up and then say, gosh, maybe I should talk to my friends about this, or I think I need to talk to somebody about this. It is really key to slow down. And it's so countercultural. And I am all about that. Like, let's I think more and more, we just have to understand that like, we don't need to look like what everybody else looks like. We can be different and that different is unique to us, but I think slowing down and, and being still and feeling your emotions and saying, man, it's okay. I don't feel great, but I'm going to be okay because I know I'm not, I don't feel great. Right. Like accepting that it's okay not to be okay. Sometimes But if you are always go, 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 you don't even feel that until it's too late. And especially as athletes, like you talked about when you went on that hike, you're saying, okay, um, should I work out twice today? What should I eat? Like, okay, I have this later, but I should work out and it looks like it's going to rain. So I need to get my fitness (laughs) in, but then it's going to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have time? Do I drink enough water? Yes. (laughs) if I eat right now, I might throw up. So I'm not going to eat. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Let's have a bar. <laughs> yes. And all those things and trying to break that habit of being go, go, go. And so mm-hmm. I do that. Like in school, I'm in counseling. And so we do quote unquote sessions with a classmate and you'll be the therapist and then you'll be the client. Right. And all my, Oof. yeah, it's brutal. And it's so, I think being the client is so much harder And I was telling someone about this because you're, you're like crying in front of all of someone you see all the time. Yeah. Yes. Since it's on zoom right now, everyone just turns their camera off. So you're like, you're talking about, which is almost worse. You're like, you're like, great. I actually just want to see somebody right now because now I just feel like, am I going insane in this room by myself? I'm like, I always like am dripping sweat and then everyone will turn their cameras on and they're like, thank you so much for sharing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot y'all were here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But But even that, like talk, talk about that. Sorry, really quick. 
it's hard. I mean, therapy is so good. And when I was going through my injuries, I, I was seeing someone at school just to gosh, to let go of things that we hold on to and we don't need to hold on to, but even like for you, it's hard. So I think that it, you're, I mean, you're studying this and it's hard for you to be the client. So I think everybody, it's such a good reminder that just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's not going to be worth it. And, and sometimes saying like, well, I don't have any problems. Man, oh, yeah. Are you a human? Right. Like, does your heart beat? And I'm seeing things like, that we see, like the you, problems, we all have I, problems. Right. I didn't even realize the problems I was going through until mm-hmm. I would say something. And my therapist, I'm like, I'm so bummed. I didn't start this sooner because mm-hmm. I realized how interconnected things are. And then yeah. my interactions with people are so based upon what the last 15 years of my life looked like that tied in with not having that identity as an athlete. So all these people don't know mm-hmm. me as that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's kind of one of those, like, I need to figure out who I am, what my hobbies are, how I describe myself. Right. Plus just like the everyday mundane things that we experience. It's so hard. It's one of the most rewarding, but also vulnerable things. You're disclosing all these things that you've probably never shared to anyone or knew (laughs) to someone you don't really know. Yeah. And they're like breaking it down piece by piece. And they call you out. We always say, because sometimes I feel uncomfortable if I have to interrupt someone or if I ask a question that's not so socially acceptable. Being in therapy isn't like a, it's not a social thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're not mm-hmm. doing a social interaction that you would have. So yeah, it's definitely one of those. I'm so grateful that I have it. And yeah, for sure. I think like everyone should at one point go to therapy, especially athletes who are done playing their sport. Yeah. Cause you struggle with identity and that helps you understand that you're not just one thing. Yeah. Cause we think we're just one thing, which is like so wild. It is so wild. I, my friends and I, that's what we talk about. Soccer yeah. was so great. And we remember like some great times, but I remember more of like the things I did with them. And totally. You're not going to remember the game. No. I mean, there's some great, some, there are some great memories, but yeah, I'm like, I don't remember if I started yeah. as much as I remember, like, crying when our coach yelled at us or laughing when they would do something funny. I don't know. Yeah. Two questions left. First one, what is something that Jordan now would tell Jordan when she tore her ACL Mm. for the third time? Uh Oh, that's a good one. I just think about like how proud I am of that person now. You know, it was hard. It really was hard, but I felt like it was the end of the world. And I would just tell myself, like, you have no idea how much you are going to grow from this and how much you're going to learn about yourself. And uh, you are going to be so proud of yourself when you get to the other side. Yeah, I think I would tell her that. It's hard to see when you're looking into the kind of the face and the pit of it and then I mean, it always is looking back. You're like, thank, Mm -hmm. I mean, not thank goodness, but thank goodness that things went the way they went. Cause yeah. And I, I think about that all the time. Like, yeah, my life was completely changed, but I also feel like going through what I've gone through, I've just learned so much more about perspective. We each can have things that are really challenging for us and it doesn't compare. We don't have to compare it right? That pain is pain and your, the, what causes you pain could be different from what causes me pain. But 
I'm not going to discredit what you've gone through and I'm not going to discredit what I've gone through. We face challenges that all look different, but if we have the perspective to see them as something in a way that can help us become better people and fuller versions of ourselves, I think that that perspective can really help. It's just, you know, how are we going to see this? We have to grieve, right? That is part of the perspective. You have to grieve and go through the process of, of grieving. But there comes a time where you say, is this going to, I love this. Um, I, I heard a pastor say this, will this define me or will it refine me? And when something refines you, it makes you into something better than it was before. And I just love that. And so I feel like everything I've gone through, all the process that I've been through, it has refined me. And not that I am, I don't want any more challenges right now, but I understand that challenges allow me to fine tune things within myself that, you know, we always can grow. And so challenges help refine you. You just have to let them and be accepting of that. I kept telling my dad, he always says, you know, it builds character, builds character. And I finally was like, damn it, dad, I have enough character. I don't (laughs) want any more. I, I just need to focus on the character I have right now because, oh, but it's, and we have those times, right. And that it's okay to feel that way too. But you also, after that, right. Like that happened, whatever you were going through at that moment, you got through it and what happened, right? You feel like now, even this last year, you said you were, you know, in a hard place, but now here you are sitting and talking with people and in a way that only is not helping you for your school, but it's also allowing you to be like, man, I felt those things. Like, and I, I got through it. it So much. And it is perspective hearing your experience is so different than mine it's so different than anyone else's but I get what you're saying and I right. the ability to hear someone say I've been there like I haven't been where you were at I haven't been on the couch at your parents house but like I get that feeling and everyone has to mm-hmm. work through it whether it's big to you or big to them yeah yeah totally so final question definitely switching gears so walkout song of your life what would it be <laughs> gosh there's so many songs that I just feel like I just love. And I think about this too often, but, uh, right now <laughs> I had one the other week. I was thinking about this. I was talking to somebody about this. I think we were at a baseball game and I was like, what do you think you're walking someone? Oh, and I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if you had a goal song like at, for the crew, if this person yes. scores, this is their goal song. I feel like they would get so hyped if they knew that their goal song would play. Um, so I was thinking about that. What's yours? Let me think while oh, you say yours. Dang it. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. It's huh? so hard. I think um, this is like not a walkout song, but I think Vienna by Billy Joel is like, the epitome of it like makes me emotional talking about it it's just as like slow down like yeah shit'll get worked out and you will figure it out but you can't do it unless you slow down so I think that's like pulls on my heartstrings but definitely doesn't hype me up but I think would be my of my life song Um, that's so funny because I was just thinking um I think it's Tom Petty yeah Tom Petty learning to fly 
Good song. Fly, but I ain't going. I love that song because it tells me like you're gonna just go for something, even if it's not gonna work out. Like if you're called to do something, you go for it. You might not have, you know, I might not be prepared for it, right? But then I also on my head think like Janet ja- Jackson <laughs> escapade, right? So I don't Total know. Total opposites, but also <laughs> great song. Um, so I know that's my other song that like this is totally opposite of Vienna but Uh um international players anthem I don't know why but that's one of my favorite songs it's by um UGK which is like it's just like an old school kind of like hip-hop yeah rap song um but like there's also a hip-hop song that I I can't think of what it is but I'm always like oh that would be good but I also am into like the jump around you know that's a good one because you you like the crowd interaction like you want to be like oh here comes Jordan everybody's like jump in you need the hype you know and then it's like I've had this conversation is the walkout song for the fans or is it for you and so it's just tough I know well the fans would feed me I can't decide I I can't decide right now I need to think about that one (laughs) but now I'm just listing all the songs I like (laughs) I know it's so difficult. Uh, it's so difficult. But, yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing. I know that it's always a, a long journey and I think everyone mm-hmm. is at different places and it's not always linear. So thank you for sharing your story and yeah. your emotions and all of that with it. Oh, of course. And I think that one of the things is like, we're going to face so many different transitions in our life, like whether it's from college to what's next from sports to what's next, like that's going to happen over and over again. And so if you can take those transitions as an opportunity to learn how you can cope with them, then when you transition from being a wife to a mom, you can understand a little bit more about what you've done before that has been helpful. So I, I think that this isn't just a one-time thing and they will continue to happen, but that's why life is so beautiful is because it's just so many opportunities for growth and for love, not only loving each other, like people around you, as we've mentioned, just relationships, but loving yourself and accepting that, you know, you're a work in progress. And that's, that's a really fun part. <laughs>